You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of My First Show. Today's guest is just a lovely, sweet, and frankly, very talented human being that I have made turkey sandwiches with, sang turkey lurkey time with, (laughs) and am now having a podcast with, uh, and that is Robin Lord Taylor, the star of the big screen, the small screen, the internet screen, all screens. Oh my God. Hi, Eva. It's so great talking to you. I miss you so much. I miss you too. Um, I miss you too. What an intro. My ears are burning. Jeez Louise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I have watched you grow up in this industry and that's, I mean, that's a really special feeling. I, you know, you live it, so you feel it all the time, but I, I imagine and I hope that you've gotten this feedback from people who've known you since your start. And I I mean, I'll be honest, you have always delighted me to no end in person. And yet on the television, you have scared me to no end <laughs> yes <laughs> so the, the and on gamut. the podcast i'm gonna freak you the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> i have a feeling you might so the, the gamut of of roles and and beings that you have also lived um you know both both from from your your portrayals and and who you are also are are fascinating and because you know, one of the things I think about with you is 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 really your activism too, and and your deep seated beliefs in doing what's good. So, uh, as I start every episode, knowing all of that, how are you doing right now? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing all right, all things considered. You know, it's like this whole year has been it's a new normal, and it's like you know, it's like allowing a lot you know time for self care, and also just like you know, reconnecting with and really finding what's the most important things are, what the most important things are to me in my life and, you know, and and fostering those connections with the people who are also really important now that we also can't spend the kind of time with them as we used yeah. to. And, and I'm sure, you know, you know, and, and also as a New Yorker, you know, as, yeah. and, and you as someone who works 
on you know in on broadway and 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 you know creates theater you know it's like i think like we're all just collectively in this state of shock slash mourning of losing that i mean that's why i live here i live here for live performances i live here for theater i live here like you know that's just such a part of being a new yorker especially one like you know if you're like us and and you live in the arts you know um so yeah Yeah. i don't know but all that considered you know like i'm hopeful and uh i'm just trying to keep a positive outlook yeah 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 i I call it new york is new york being not new york and that's that's the complex relationship I'm having right now with my city because I, I love it and it's so important to me, but it's it's not my city as I have lived it and known it for 20 years. Yeah. And and that's, you know, sort of w- reckoning with both my desire to flee <laughs> and my <laughs> commitment to it. It's a complicated relationship I'm having it, right now. You know, it just <laughs> really <sure>. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, how long have you lived in New York, if I can ask? 2000. Oh my God, we're the same. This is our 20th year. It's our 20th year. What a year, huh? I know. know. What a 20. What a 20. I mean, shit, yeah. Being here 20 years and then just like thinking of all the stuff we've been through in these 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, there was, I was actually going through some drawers recently, and I came Mm -hmm. across a little map for the Rainbow Railroad, which had been given to me by your husband at one point as a gift, because I am a big lover of Fire Island. And and it was was sort of in connection with that. And I literally came across this like two days ago, which is so weird. And I, I think... I think it's still something active and and vital that needs attention, but I'm curious if you could just sort of update me on where things are at with your work with it and and how it's functioning now and everything. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. For bringing that up. Yeah. So Rainbow Railroad is an organization where, um, for those who don't know, it's an organization that um, uh, finds people all around the world, specifically in countries where uh, it is illegal uh, to be a, a homosexual or just illegal to be LGBTQIA+. Mm. Um, and so this organization finds those people and helps relocate them in uh, to safe countries, uh, such as Canada, the United States, unfortunately, not so much in these last four years. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, and it's, an, it's just an amazing uh, group of people and the things that they're doing are so, so prescient right now, especially, again, with, you know, immigration and like you know like helping people find safe places where they can live their lives freely and openly and um yes my husband dicky he created uh, on fire island the great gay garden tour uh, <laughs> in support of rainbow railroad and it's a little map and it like as you know in fire island um you know gardening is the thing like people treat their gardens like you know it's it's yeah it's it's an expression and you know it's such a beautiful place too and so we my husband and I sort of like compiled all of the prettiest gardens and like created a little tour walking tour that people can take um and yeah and so you know obviously in this last year that kind of has changed you know we didn't go out to Fire Island this year unfortunately um but uh, but you know we're still working with Rainbow Railroad and uh, Dickie's doing uh, a lot of work with them. Uh, you know, just in terms of like you know helping create more. I just really getting the word out if it's on yeah. you know social media or other you know you know just creating just spreading the word of Rainbow Railroad and what they're doing. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's and been it's, really fulfilling. 
That's amazing. And it is, am I right? Like you, you talked at the start of this conversation, you're finding other ways to fulfill yourself. You're finding a, a new normal for how you are being in the world. Is activism and impact work what's scratching your itch for what would normally be fulfilled by your work as an actor? It's true. Yeah, definitely. But it's also like, it's sort of been that way. Like, you know, when, when you're a struggling actor, like just trying to break through, um, that's, that's so much of the focus of my life. And that was the focus of my life for, you know, 14 years. And then Gotham happened. And all of a sudden it was like, it's the classic role where it just, I broke my career right open. And then like, you know, it was a new, there's a new stage and like, and now like, you know, since I now have a little bit of more of a platform, like I, I really want to use it for, for what's right. And, um, and, and yeah, activism is, you know, especially in this last year has been, yeah, definitely, um, you know, real focus of mine. Um, but you know, I was talking, I was actually talking to Dickie last night about this and, you know, it seems daunting at first, but, you know, I've also realized, especially with, you know, the election coming up and, you know, all of the things that we're trying to do to help people get out the votes and, you know, just being as, uh, as, as active and, and involved mm-hmm. as I can be. Um, I realized, you know, I guess I realized last night we were talking like, you know, that can never go away now. This is the new, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like I can like suddenly get to a point and be like, okay, well, I don't have to fight as hard now. Yeah. No, in two years when it's the next election cycle, it's got to be just this and more. It has to be more yeah. every single time. And yeah. again, like that seems daunting, but you know, other, I think of the, I think of the alternative is like, I just don't know how I could really live with myself if I weren't yeah. like really pushing for these things as hard as I have been in this last year. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's it's actually kind of incredible. Cause I, I think about other countries and let's talk about 20 years ago when you and I first came to New York, we, we yeah. could vote and we, we had both lived in New York when this city suffered a major trauma with 9-11 mm-hmm. and then this country went into the Iraq war. You know, we we started, we lost our innocence. The country and the politics of our country began to change and nothing was ever the same. Yet around the world, you had countries where the presidential elections really, really mattered because it was the difference between life and death, right? Mm-hmm. For people who were serving in the Israeli army at 18 or people who were dealing with communism falling or not falling in, in various countries. And and you're absolutely right. It's like in the 90s, there was some version of America in which it was like Bob Dole or Bill Clinton. Are they that different? You know, how different will America be? Well, here's what we've now learned. Yeah, <laughs> America right. will be very different very different from your for yourself and your children depending on who's actually in Washington voting on laws and the fight is is now more serious than ever and will continue to be as as long as we are in such a divided nation built with right. built with coming where people are coming from such different backgrounds and ethical choices so you're right it's like it there we will we will only be pressing down on the gas more as we get older and as we continue, because the activism is so dire and necessary in a way that I don't remember it being like that 20 years right. ago when we Absolutely. were Absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, yeah, we were very lucky to have that experience, not thinking about this constantly. But, um, but I think also like what we've learned, like over the summer, like with Black Lives Matter and the civil rights movement of our time um, is that like, 
like I've learned that my complacency directly affects people's lives and, and I cannot afford that anymore. And, you know, like that, that Mm -hmm. is my mission is to, to never be complacent again, because, you know, even if things are fine for me, I'm very fortunate in many ways and, you know, they're not fine for everybody. Let's rewind. Yeah. Let's go back to your real beginnings. Like we're talking pre-turkey sandwich and other things that I observed. (laughs) (laughs) But your first show that you ever saw, what was it? Where were you? Tell us about it. Okay. Well, I'm going to, can I give a little bit of backstory with this? Please. Um, It it was, I think it was 1987 (laughs) and I, my family got their first CD player. We got the our first like CD boombox player thing. You and were ahead of, of things if you oh, had a CD player in '87, dude. '87. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I feel yeah, it, it was it was a good year. And uh, the first we and my mom went. And she bought our first CDs, and um, I believe it was like Fleetwood Mac, Tango in the Night, the both Whitney Houston, uh, her first albums. And then it was also the chorus line soundtrack. (laughs) And, you know, we grew up with musicals and I, you know, I guess I was nine years old at that point. I, you know, I'd seen Mary Poppins and all the, you know, whatever Disney stuff was out at that time. And, and, and also the sound of music and Rogers Hamster, you know, that was all, you know, in our house, but I had never heard an adult musical. I had never heard something that was not, you know, you know, that was, yeah, strictly about adults and what they deal with. And at nine years old, I put on a chorus line and it fucking changed my life because it was also, you know, it's chorus line. There's it's performers yeah. singing about why they're doing what they're doing and like, and singing about like growing up and childhood and you know, like all this stuff. And, it just, <laughs> and also tits and ass and the whole thing, you know, like I was just like, whoa. And so Coincidentally, so I list, I spent that entire summer listening to the soundtrack. And then that winter, I believe, was uh, the Chorus Line uh, touring company came through Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. So we went to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is right by where I grew up. That old tour stop of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Cedar Rapids, <laughs> Iowa, you know, the Paramount Theater, very, you know, beautiful old theater in downtown Cedar Rapids and I saw it and you know it's just it changed my life then we bought the VHS tape of the movie which <laughs> I stand by that movie I don't care I know people hate it but like that, that movie I like it too I like I, it too I, I, it's, it's so of its time it's amazing yeah but uh but yeah but different line. right a little frustrating when the lyric changes from what when you remember from changes. your <laughs> yes and then there's that whole other yeah, like in the movie, there's that surprise. Like they don't do Hello 12, Hello 13, Hello Love. Yeah. Instead, they do this like surprise, which is about like, you know, going through puberty and, yeah. you know, like, it's like I'm like, <laughs> it, like no, it was a little, yeah, jarring, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I too grew up on the soundtrack, like learning and loving the soundtrack first, the cast album first. Yes. And then seeing the the show and and sometimes being confused by why the lyric that I had in my head from the cast album was different than what I was seeing on stage or 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 worse I had my mom bought me the London cast album ah, rather yes. than the Broadway and so I was uh, huh? so I was I had been listening or the movie soundtrack which aren't even called cast albums so I had right. so I got used to the wrong version of the show until I saw it 
that that was uh, that was always a bit of a journey. <laughs> so true. Yeah, you had to be sure. Like with us, then, well, shortly after that, my we got the Evita soundtrack, and I was like, "Mom, I need the Patty Lapone version. I do not want <laughs> the English version. I don't like it." Oh, Patty so Lapone only. Um, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I and also the other that. thing too. I think I don't know if you remember, but yeah, like well, at least the version that we had. I think it was the original uh, Broadway recording. Except they cut like 10 minutes out of Hello 12, Hello 13, Hello Love. And so like, and I didn't know this until like, yeah, like until, well, I guess when I saw it, but then I saw it again years later and I was like, oh my God, yeah, this song is like five times as long as it was. <laughs> I was listening to it, yeah. First show you were in, what was My it? My first show I was in was uh, Cinderella, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. <laughs> and uh, I was very lucky because I was in seventh grade and I was allowed to join and be a chorus member in the high school production of Cinderella. Really? Yes. Excuse me. Big deal. <laughs> Granted. I, this is we're talking about Solon High School in Solon, Iowa, <laughs> public school. But my graduating class was like seventy-five people, so it's you know it's like, and it's also like Friday Night Lights, so it's not like I they're right. they're not a lot of like musical theater kids like right. coming up there. So, um, and also they pro- well. So anyway, I'll say like I played the character of like like I played like a townsperson. Mm-hmm. And there's that big like the prince is giving a ball song, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. they're running around town and like, and then he's like listing all these names, and then and it's in the original TV production with uh, Leslie Ann Warren, like this little kid like pokes out and he like the I I, I I forget what the character is, but he's like the town caller or he like works for the palace or whatever, and he's like listing the names, and then he says Maisie, and then this kid like pokes his head out and he goes Maisie. That was my line. And that was you. And that, that was, was me. You. That was me in seventh grade before puberty. Um, so really it was Maisie. Yeah, it was like Maisie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't remember the, I mean, I don't know Cinderella that well, I don't think, but I don't remember a character Maisie that needed to be called out. I, yeah, I don't, it's like, I don't remember it too well, so I don't want to like misspeak, but like, but I did, I did like, I did do a little research before we, we start, we, before we um, tape this. And I was like, I, I did like a YouTube search and I was like scrolling through like the, the whole Cinderella, the whole Cinderella with um, Brandy and Whitney and uh-huh. Bernadette Peters, it's all on YouTube. So I was wow. like, perfect. And so I was scrolling through, they gave that line to Bernadette. Oh. She goes, Maisie in her, in her like voice, you know. And I was like, I was like, man, I was like, where did my part go? But if you're gonna give it, give it to Bernadette. I mean, I I I'm actually flattered for you. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You the role you embodied, where you were like stolen from the elementary school to have to do, right? Was then was then repurposed for Bernadette Peters. I mean. Come on. That's it's true. Sometimes she, she can sound like a prepubescent boy. She can. <laughs> she can. I mean, I think, I think she range. tries she to. Do yeah. She, do she, she does for a laugh. She's very good at getting the laugh. Yeah. And, and so just drilling down to, to this casting, um, <laughs> this casting success story, did someone put you up for this? Were you like hungry for roles? Like what, actually brought you to the audition to get that role yeah I mean yeah I was I was I was excited about theater like my family 
uh, my parents were both uh, actuaries, and so they were very smart math people, not performers. But there's a lot of music um, in my family, and uh, a lot of uh, like, and so, and my little sister, uh, she was, you know, always a performer. Like it was from, and with she had a great voice, and so she younger than I was, was, uh, you know, auditioning in the community theater stuff in Cedar Rapids. And so she was involved in that stuff too. And I, and I knew that it was something that I was interested in as well. Um, so yeah, when it, you know, when, when I got to junior high school, we obviously nothing was hap- like that was happening in elementary school, but in junior high, I was like, Oh, I can actually be, you know, right. in productions, which was so awesome. And I've like said this, I, like, I always think of it too, like, you know, not not in seventh grade, but as I did more theater throughout high school, it was always like, you know, I was like, I was closeted um, and, you know, like, uh, and it it was sort of in like a, in a town where, you know, in the, in the mid nineties, you know, it wasn't very um, acceptable, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's also, again, like I said before, it was like, you know, it's very sports centric, you know, town. And you, and you, you're saying you were like, you were out to yourself at that point. I, I more or less, like I kind of knew, I mean, I think I was in denial in some ways, but I, you know, I, I, I pretty much knew, especially later in high school. And then I always sort of thought of it like, you know, I, it was a way to put myself out there um, and to like sort of express myself, but also hide you know what I mean? Like I spent a lot of time in high school, like hiding just out of fear of my own personal safety, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, it, I, I, it, yeah, like I discovered theater as a way to express myself, but to do it where, you know, and still be hiding at the same time, if that makes any sense. It makes a million times sense. It's, it's <laughs> actually the most clearly depicted and sensible thing I've, I've heard in a long time. It, mm. it is what, theater is there for to become something else to get lost in to express yourself via some character or emotional trait or to just be around like-minded people that make you feel a little more alive so yeah and that's yeah you're so right I'm so glad you said that too because that was also just such a huge part of it is just to have like this is something all of my friends were into too and you know it was just I finally had like a group of friends that you know were intellectually challenging and like supportive and loving and expressing themselves, you know, it was just, it was really, it was really super important to me. um, Back then. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Did you have a, a role model for coming out and for, for the type of man that you wanted to grow up into, either as an actor or as a, or as a gay person? I, I'm trying to think, like, I really didn't, um, like, not in so many ways. Like, it, it's not like when I was that age, I, like, was thinking, oh, I really want to be, like, this person. Because, again, you know, we're talking, like, 1994, 95, 96. Mm-hmm. Like, there really weren't any, like, out you know, gay. I mean, there were out gay people, but, but it was, it wasn't, um, as prevalent and it was also like a much, uh, smaller range of what being gay was, what, you know, what that looked like was, you know, again, very limited back then. Um, but I do, but I, but you know, and back then for me, it was like, I just need to get to college. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) like, get to college. And I went, I went to Northwestern in Chicago. So it was like a big city. And I was like, once I get there, I will be able to find yeah. all of these things. And yeah. And that's where all of that really happened. Um, yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. Uh, I, I'm not sure people, I'm not sure the general public knew Nathan Lane was gay in 94 and 95. Yeah. I think I, like, well, I, yeah, I think that was a thing where like he unfortunately, you know, at the height of his career was, you know, in yeah. so many I mean, he was forced to stay, you know, to yeah. be in the closet. And it's just such a different Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. You know, it's like all those people yeah. back then had to do that. Yeah. And so it was just such a different, you know, just such a different uh, way of looking at things than it is now. You know? Absolutely. And thank yeah. God it's changed. Thank God. Yeah. First professional show. What First professional it? show. Okay. This is like one of my favorite things <laughs> to talk about. Because I was, well, as we know, we I moved to New York in 2000s and i was in a show called schmoozy togetherness oh no which was <laughs> written by our friends sam foreman did the lyrics and uh eli bolin yes. uh did the music and it was a children's uh it was a children's show it was about uh, f- like 45 minutes long to an hour at uh manhattan theater source down oh in uh the west village which is no longer there i believe yeah. And, um, and yeah, and so it was, yeah, we performed, uh, in the, the weekend mornings, Billy Eichner was in the cast along with oh other friend, Diane Davis. It was just all of these Northwestern friends. It was like our first show that we did together in, in New York. And, uh, oh, Kristen Shaw played the title role oh of Schmoozy. She played, <laughs> she played Schmoozy and it was about a little girl who gets lost in this like land of grammar and words, like as you know, Sam Foreman, he's such H- a house of cards, Sam Foreman. Yes. Just- house of cards. <laughs> yes. He's just a genius wordsmith. Like words are his, you know, yeah. his currency. Yeah. And so it was all about that very like phantom toll booth kind of story. And, right. uh, and yeah, I played Phineas T. Happenstance was my character's oh my name. And, uh, and it was, yeah, it was fantastic. We, we also called it, we called it schmoozy hungoverness because it was like, <laughs> It was like at 10 o'clock in the morning yes. on a Sunday and we would all, and it was again, the first year that we all moved to New York, oh. you know, was, yeah. Oh my <laughs> so, God. Yeah. I'll never forget. We were also performing, it was in the fall. And so uh-huh. like it was Halloween and there, we, we had like a Halloween show and uh, Billy Eichner walked right up to a little girl in the audience and he had like a skull in his hand and he goes, Ooh, and the girl freaked out this little girl started screaming 
it was so funny I'm like oh my god I love it the creator of the John Mulaney sack lunch bunch and yes. a writer on house of cards and you know that Billy Billy Eichner of Billy on the street and so many other things uh of fame Kristen uh, Shaw it was Kristen yeah, it was, Shaw it was really and, and Robin Lord Taylor I, I love <laughs> In schmoozy togetherness. togetherness. I mean, that was, <laughs> it's one of my favorite titles too, because it was also like, I mean, that's sort of, that's how we were living then, you know, like we all like, right. you know, what's all we would do is just hang out and schmooze. Well, um, I think it's time for a revival of schmoozy togetherness. I'm, um, I'm, I'm down. I am down. And it, it, yeah, it's, I stand by that show. That show is clever as hell. And Yeah. <laughs> I would like to do it a little bit later on Sunday morning, if that's possible. <laughs> you were very entrepreneurial theater maker back then, because you also another another thing I watched you create was uh, co-create was and star in was Creation Nation, which yes. was a show that you starred in with Billy Eichner, which I think parlayed to his Billy on the Street series because it had a similar you know, ethos of, of him interviewing people. Um, so how how does one become a theater entrepreneur where they can (laughs) just create their own shows and make them happen? It really (laughs) helps when your best friend and roommate is a comedic genius. Like I, (laughs) like that's how you start. So if you all, you know, that's the key, (laughs) like just find a comedic genius and force them to be your best friend and roommate and good shit will happen. Um, yeah, I, no, it was just, yeah, it was like Billy and I were, you know, again, it was 2003, I believe. And we were, um, living together in Chelsea and, you know, I was like knocking around. I'd done a couple commercials at that point and I'd done, you know, I'd done, you know, some theater stuff around town, but nothing, you know, crazy. And, you know, there's such, so much downtime, especially when you're like trying to start a career in this business, you know, at the beginning, you know, it's just like trying anything. And Billy, it was start, started with Billy. Billy was just like, let's just do, let's do something. Let's make something. And like, and, you know, Billy is such a, you know, brilliant, but, but, you know, keen sense of humor. Mm. And, um, and, and yeah, and it, we just sort of like, you know, he like, yeah, we just, we, that's what we did. We were like, let's put on a show. And, um, and we sort of developed these characters that were, that were um, not us. They were, they were truly honest, different characters but, from us. But also we, not, we, not you also though. Exactly. Right? It was, it was like, take, it was like taking us and like exaggerating it and, um, you know, and these, you know, and and making it like, you know, these characters. If Robin and Billy were uh, were more less self aware than they are, and less <laughs> um, less socially conscious in some ways, you know what I mean? Sure, like it was like sure. taking like ex- like just making these characters very extreme, so that we could show you know show certain aspects of the entertainment industry specifically um, through these characters and their, and their choices. Like, yeah. Yeah. Very and also just, yeah, exactly. It was, it was us, but not us at all. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 No. It, and I came to many a show and you did. That. And we oh also, I, that was how we met. Like that was yeah. our connection. Cause and we, we went to Edinburgh at the same exactly. time. We were <laughs> That's at where Edinburgh, we had the turkey sandwich. Where yeah. we had the turkey sandwiches. <laughs> it was like two o'clock in the morning. Right. I mean, yes. 
that trip was such a, I, we spent a month there and it was such <laughs> a fucking blur. Like I, I just remember rain and I remember uh, the Madonna album, hard candy came out and I was just listening to Ma- Madonna and walking around in the rain for a month. <laughs> And weren't you hanging out with Joan Rivers or is that a different trip? Yes, that was. Joan had a show there as well. And Joan uh, had been a guest on Creation Nation. And Joan is w- was one of the most kind, supportive uh, people I had ever met of that stature, you know, ever. And she was so generous to Billy. She loved Billy so much and loved his his sense of humor. And she was such an advocate for him and she like you know passed the videos around to people she she just you know she's such an amazing force in um in billy and my life um at that time and so like yeah she's amazing and so yeah she she guested on our show in edinburgh as well as in new york a couple times and like she just was so fucking down to earth and cool and like and just so kind i it surprises people when I say that, but yeah, she was really one of the kindest people in the industry. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that from a lot of people actually. Really, yeah. really yeah. amazing. And like, yeah, I, she just, you know, and I, you know, again, she, she creation nation, Billy, it, it really was, it, Billy was the star of that show. And I was there to, you know, that was, you know, like, like an Ed McMahon, you know, Andy, you yeah, sidekick. Yeah. And, um, and like, and so I had met like Joan a couple times just in that context. Um, but like, yeah, so she just was, had such a crazy effect on me. Like I, I, I'm so, I, yeah, I was just devastated when we lost her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Had, had the, cause you had a professional sidekick like gig as well, if I'm not mistaken, on the Late Show with Dave Letterman. <laughs> I and, did. Holy did crap! That, I, did that come from Creation Nation in some way? And no, there? that okay. was a total random audition <laughs> that I was sent out on, and I booked it. And it was yeah, I played Daryl, the Late Show page with a fake British accent, <laughs> which I guess was a bit that Dave did back when he was on NBC. Before this, because yeah, I, I was on the show when he was on, obviously at, at CBS, um, and uh, and yeah, and so it's just like this page comes out and like talks like this with the fuck, you know, it's like I ate some chips and took a lift to the flat, and you know, but it's super exaggerated and stupid, <laughs> and then I just like tell you know, I call Dave like a tosser, and then like something like that. <laughs> Um, every and, yeah. bad British um, accented word. Every bad British. Um, yeah, I called him dive, like D I V E. Yeah, it was so, so silly. Bad. But yeah, I got to do that twice. I well, I, I I went three times, and it was the kind of thing where they put it in the show if there was time. And so the first time I went, there was time, so I made it to the show, which was awesome and then the second time I think I was like sort of waiting around and then they cut my bit and then they brought me back like a couple months later maybe a year later to do it again and that was my last time because it was like there was some sports thing happening and like the world series or something yeah it was like the world series (laughs) or something I don't know and uh and so like I believe it was Dave like had gone I like I I was given the script and so I learned it up and down left and right I knew what I was going to do and then about 20 minutes before we go to Tate, I get rewrites. And I think it was from Dave himself, like about like sports. 
and it just knocked me off my game and I don't know like I like you were my never legs were back. like sh- my, I was like wearing these like baggy khakis so you can't really tell but like inside the pant legs my leg my knees were like shaking so hard I was like I was like vibrating. I, it was so scary because you're talking and it's like not even a bit. It's not like a bit that I'm having with, you know, right with, yeah, with anyone else like Alan or, you know, it, it was like a bit with Dave, like looking at him across the stage, like crazy. About sports, no less. Why could about, it be about musicals? I mean, of course. And then they never had me back. <laughs> like, like, no. Yeah. I love that. it. From from Schmoozy to Daryl. To Schmoozy to Daryl, yes. <laughs> what a exactly. gamut in those in those early years. All right, it, it's it's dream time. Oh. Uh, it's where you tell me if you could be in any show, anywhere, at any time, what would it be? I mean, it would it's I'm sure you've gotten this before, but it would be Angels in America. Mm. It's like yeah. that also like that was very influential on me too, because it came out as I was like, you know, about to graduate from high school. And, uh, and I like the story too, like I, like I did, uh, I did theater camp when I was in high school. Obviously. And, uh, obviously. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, over the summer. And so the summer between my, between, uh, after graduating from high school, before I went to Northwestern, I did theater camp at the university of Iowa. And, uh, and yeah, and so we did like the fine, the, you know, it's like a couple of weeks and then like at the end you do like a scene study and you do a scene and, and you invite everybody to come and, and watch. And, uh, our, our teacher, um, you know, she, I think she saw, you know, who, what kind of person I was going to grow up to be. <laughs> and she gave me the, uh, she gave me and, uh, this other girl, um, the uh, Harper and Joe scene. Mm. It's uh, the I burn dinner scene. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it was just like, and I performed it in front of my mom and my sister. And it was the first time where I felt that, um, I felt that visceral connection between myself and the work, if mm. that makes any sense. Like I had done like plays, but it, but this hit differently. It would just, it, it, yeah, it, it rocked my world. And like, you know, and again, it was like, and I, like I said before, like this was like the summer before I was like, this is what I was gunning for. You know, I was like, yeah. once I get to Northwestern, I'm going to come out of the closet. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to have a boyfriend, I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, and this is like the summer right before that. And yeah, that brilliant teacher, mm. wherever she may be, thank you, because she gave me this scene and I had never read Angels before. And so, of course, you know, it wow. just, and it just cracked the whole, yeah, it just made, made like, I was like, this is, this is what I'm meant to be doing, you know, yeah. like this, this feels right. And yeah. yeah. Amazing. So yeah. And I would play any role. I would, honestly, <laughs> I would love to play Pryor, Joe, uh, Roy, yeah. any of them. I mean, it's, you'd be, you'd be great. You'd be a great prior actually. Oh, that's such, that's like one of the nicest things anyone yeah. could say to me, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Yeah. Like, you have it in you. And it, that, I mean, that's why I, I made that joke. Uh, when we started about how your TV roles have scared me. <laughs> so, you know, with, with, with Will Bettelheim, I mean, I, I'm oh, obsessed yeah. with you and, and certainly Oswald Cobblepot and, you know, it's, but if you know you, you're just, you're, you're, there's so much depth and beauty and pain and realness and authenticity. And um, so, 
you know, I, oh. I, I can see you as prior and, 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 and we, we have to talk about, we have to talk about Oswald just for a minute, you know, yes, that, that journey, which, which obviously really put you on the map and made your career. Did you find in developing the character in, in, in growing up, you know, over the, over the seasons and that role, did you pull from any particular roles from earlier in your life or inspirations or, um, uh, you know, mentors or anything? I, I would love to say that, like, one of my biggest inspirations for the character would be Sally Field's performance as Celeste Talbot in Soap Dish. Wow. I don't know if you've seen Soap Dish in a while. <laughs> but Sally Field is such a huge influence on my acting. And, like, there's so many, like, like, when Oswald would get like really mad and snap at people. Like I was just, I, I could feel myself channeling Sally Field in those moments. So it sounds so silly to say that, but yeah, like that was definitely, definitely a huge influence on me. But, but, you, but more than that also, um, I really, um, I was also hugely influenced by uh, Heath Ledger because I like that Heath, Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker Heath Ledger's uh, role in the in 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 the Batman movie was um was so influential to me only because it was the first time that I'd really seen you know a care like a true arch villain but with us underneath all of that uh all of that uh a- like anger and violence um was a damaged human like there there there's some there's empathy there there's some there's something deep down in there that if things had gone differently this person would be w- w- this this person very well wouldn't be a villain wouldn't be the evil person and so seeing that performance and then and then when i got cast as 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 the penguin i was like i really really want to bring that to this character as well because that's something that you can sustain and also sustain like a connection to the audience. It's really hard to sustain, especially over five years, like yeah. an evil character that is just, you know, it's just purely bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're like, what's, what's interesting to me is finding the human being, especially like in a comic book world or in a fantastic world, like finding a real human being, underneath there and and also like finding like i i do believe that you know everyone is innately good um Mm -hmm. so i really wanted to bring that to light with him and just you know make a sympathetic like anti-hero you know like and and yeah and it was it was definitely heath ledger's performance that influenced me to that that's amazing yeah and you did that you did all of that with that role there is a surprise section of the show which we don't tell our guests about, which is a lightning round. Ooh, okay. <laughs> and because from a scale of one to 10, you are a musical aficionado of an eight, we're going to go with the, what show are these lyrics from? Oh God. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> you know, lyrics are the most emotionally impactful piece of musicals. And so, because this is all about nostalgia and emotionality uh, with shows, we're going to, we're going to, upon the the most emoting ones and right eva i mean you and i are contemporaries like when you got yep. this original soundtrack cd sometimes it was that double cd case yes. you know and then it had that thick book like right in the middle that every lyric was that was the first thing you did was open of that up course. and start singing along i mean that, of course yeah, yeah. 
That was of like course. my entire childhood. That yeah. was my entire childhood. Spent a lot of time alone listening to show tunes. <laughs> <Yep>. Oops. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. 30 seconds on the clock. Well, someone tell me, when is it my turn? Don't I get a dream for myself? Myself. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be my turn. It's going to be my turn. Get, a world, get off my runway. Um, uh, Rose's turn from Gypsy. What show? Yes. Gypsy, yes. Somebody crowd me with love. Somebody force oh, me to care. Somebody, somebody let me, me come to through. Care. Somebody, but I, yeah, uh, 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 being alive, company. Yes, yes. I am unworthy of your love. I am unworthy darling. of your love, Charlie, darling. That would be assassins. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody I, loves I, a wait, winner. Wait. Oh, go ahead. Wait, Assassins, uh, is it I, I Am yeah. Unworthy of Your Love? Yeah, is that, yeah. you that's just need the, the show. Yeah, oh, Unworthy okay. of Your Love. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. But right, the show right. is all you need. Okay, okay. <laughs> Every, everybody loves a winner, so nobody loves me. Lady so peaceful. Lady, lady, lady happy. Lady happy. Um, sooner. Wait, no. That's what I want to say. It's cabaret. Yes. Um, maybe you just this- need the show. You just need, you're, you're getting extra credit, I which I appreciate. <laughs> And I, you I, you win. You win. You win. You got that's it. We're out of time. You got every lyric. You nothing got every- promises, promises. <laughs> nothing from uh, a little night music. I mean, even I mean, how much Sondheim can I do in one in, in one section of one podcast? I mean, I obviously <laughs> have a little night music here. He's been posting on Instagram. I don't know if you've seen this. Like, if you don't follow Stephen Sondheim, anyone out there, well get on there it's on instagram he it's the most wholesome thing yeah oh, anyway. the answer to all of life's problems is in a sondheim lyric it sincerely is oh is. my god is I, miss it so much. I adore you robin I lord you so taylor much, i love you i'm so proud of the human you are and the artist that you are and keep on it all Thank you so much, Eva. And you too. And yeah. And oh, can I give a little plug to please? Um, I want to give a plug to be an arts hero.org. It's a it's a foundation where um yeah, they're helping lobby for all of us or all of us out there who can't go back to work because of the shuttering of Broadway or the closing of musical of music venues. Um, be an arts hero.org. If you guys check that out, that would be awesome. Hello, 12. Hello, 13. Hello, love. Changes old. Down below. Up above. My first show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden-Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash myfirstshow. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. I am not certain
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.